بسم الله الرحمن الرحیم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين سلام عليكم ورحمة الله we are having this session uh, from the city of Rome and it is now 3.10 a.m. Uh, local time here so I'm happy that Alhamdulillah we are able to have our session and I'm sorry that we are 10 minutes late so inshallah uh, wherever we are, we are connected not only uh, through the internet but also through the inshallah our hearts and spiritually. If you remember, we talked in the previous session about the spirit, and we said that we are created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a unity of body and soul or spirit and here we use soul and spirit in the same way but in this combination of soul and body what is really making our identity is our soul or our spirit which is not material which is not physical and as soon as our soul is created it is given such a life by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it will endure death it will endure uh, resurrection and it will be eternal Either we end up with going to heaven, inshallah, or God forbid, to somewhere else. But in any case, human spirit is going to remain, is not going to perish. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, خُلِقْتُمْ You have been created to be eternal, to continue. You are not created to perish. You are just moved from one house to another house. So this physical life is a transient situation for us and after we end our life we are not ceasing to exist we are just being taken to another house in any case this spirit or soul as we said it's immaterial and we mentioned some arguments for that now inshallah we want to start a new chapter 
in our discussion about self-knowledge, which is the fourth chapter in the book. And that is about the status of human beings in the glorious Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an talks in many cases about human beings in a detailed way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about different phases of the creation of human beings. The creation of first man and that is Adam may peace be with him and the creation of every generation of human beings and then about different uh, stages and phases that we go through as an embryo and then our delivery and then our development and then our death and then our situation after death before the day of judgment our situation on the day of judgment and then our situation afterwards so all different aspects of human life are mentioned in the Quran why? because the Quran is a book which has come for guidance of human beings maybe there are other creatures of Allah that also can benefit from the Quran like for example jinns but the main addressee of the Quran are human beings and all the prophets were human beings who have come with a mission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us so the Quran is in a sense a connection between God and man the word of God for man the word of God for uplifting human beings to the higher levels of perfection so that they can get closer and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when we read the Quran carefully and especially if we put all different verses of the Quran about human beings together we can come to the conclusion that human beings have been treated in the Quran with respect and with honor for example if you look at page 65 of the book you find a verse this is verse 70 of chapter 17 وَرَزَقْنَاهُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَفَضَّلْنَاهُمْ عَلَى كَثِيرًا مِمَّنْ خَلَقْنَا تَفْضِيلًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and surely we have honored 
the children of Adam, which are human beings. Bani Adam is children of Adam, which includes all human beings. So Allah says we have honored them and carried them on the land and at the sea and provided them with good things and then Allah says وَفَضَّلْنَاهُمْ عَلَىٰ كَثِيرًا مِّمَّنْ خَلَقْنَا تَفْضِيلًا and we have made them excel to excel by an appropriate excellence over many of those we created so Allah has raised us over, elevated us over many of his creatures. This verse needs reflection. And inshallah when you get chance, you can also refer to the commentaries of the Quran on this verse. What this verse is saying to us is that we are honored by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are not considered as devil or as wicked creature of Allah. Human beings are honored by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are, we are elevated and raised over many of creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What does it mean? It means that by birth we are not the best but we are better than many of creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, a human being when he is born or she is born is better than many creatures in perfection. But is it better than everything that Allah has created? Is it better than angels? No. We have to work. They have to make efforts to achieve that situation. So, we have two different levels. One is the level that we have by birth. In a sense, this is what we are given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala automatically, without any charge. And this is much better than many creatures of Allah, like for example, non-living beings or, you know, insects or, you know, animals and plants, but still we have to go higher. We have been given the capacity to go higher and higher and higher so that we can become the closest creature of Allah to Him, the most perfect creature of Allah. We can be even better than angels. Because as is mentioned in the hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mixed in us intellect and lust. Al-aql wa shahwa. We have both. We have reason, we have intellect, and we have lower desires and lust. In angels, there is only intellect. In animals, there is only lust and appetite. If we follow our intellect, we, we, we would become better than the angels because angels don't have lust and appetite. It is true that they are good, but without 
any temptation, without any desire for doing things that may not be good. So if a human being, despite having those desires and appetites and lusts, still follows his intellect, he becomes better than angels. If God forbids, we do like animals, we act like animals, although we are given intellect, but we don't listen to our intellect and we just follow our desires and instincts, then we become even worse than animals because animals don't have intellect. They are not expected to be different. So we have a very wide range of human beings. Human beings who are better than the angels, human beings who are worse than even animals. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referring to some people says, They are like animals, or even worse, they are more uh, misguided. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ We have created man in the best form. ثُمَّ رَدَدْنَاهُ أَسْفَلَ سَافِلِينَ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, We have created man in the best form. As far as the creation of man is considered, it is the best creation. But then, man is either going to the lowest of the low, or going to the highest of the high. If we go to Asfal Safadin, by following our lower desires, then we would become the worst, even worse than animals. If you compare, for example, someone like, I don't know, Pharaoh or Nimrud or Abu Sufyan or Hitler and Saddam, can we say they are like animals? They are like, for example, a, I don't know, for example, a tiger or, for example, a wolf? No. A tiger is, in a sense, innocent. A wolf is, in a sense, not responsible for what he does. We don't expect a wolf to be different. We don't expect a tiger to be different. You cannot say Hitler is like a wolf. Maybe sometimes, you know, when we talk, you know, in a figurative sense, we say, or in a metaphorical sense, we say, you know, these are like wolves. But indeed, they are not wolves. They are much worse. We never take a wolf into the court and say, why you have attacked, you know, a sheep or a goat? Because the wolf has, you know, no other options, no other possibility. This is naturally the instinct that motives motivates the wolf to do something. If a cat goes after mouse, you cannot say, we give you credit or we, for example, punish you. Neither there is a need for blaming the cat or for praising the cat. It's automatically done. 
But when it comes to human beings, we have been given free will, we have been given ability to understand what is right, what is wrong, and then decide. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَنَفْسٍ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala swears by many things and at the end he says by soul and the one who has made it complete we have inspired human soul to understand what is good for it and what is bad for it so man understands what is good and what is bad can distinguish it between right and wrong so if we follow our intellect our conscience then we would be better than angels otherwise we would be even worse than animals so if you ask me what is the situation of man is the man Ahsanul Makhluqat is the man best creature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I say not necessarily. It depends. The creation of man is the best. But what is actually created is not yet the best. Please, you know, listen to this point very carefully. What has been created is not yet the best. But the creation is the best. How can we understand this? Let me give you an example. Suppose that there is a factory which produces a car, a new brand of car. For example, this car can drive very fast, but it is not the fastest car which is produced. So there is another factory which produces a car which is faster. For example, our factory produces a car which can go 150 kilometers per hour but there is another factory which produces a car which can go 200 kilometers per hour so which car is fastest the one who can go 200 kilometers okay but suppose that the car which is produced by the other company by the other factory which can move 150 km per hour is created, is planned and devised in the way that it can upgrade itself and increase its speed to 250, to 300, to 350 without any limit. So, which factory is more developed? For sure, this one is more developed. Because although what is just produced 
is only able to move 150 km per hour, but it has been given the potentiality for moving faster and faster and faster. Or, if it is used in a bad way, its speed can go lower and lower and lower. So, for sure, you can say this factory is very special because it produces a car which doesn't have fixed speed. It can upgrade itself and become better than the fastest produced car. Or, for example, if you have two factories, one of them produces a laptop or PC, which is, for example, very fast. Another one produces a PC, which is not automatically that fast, but can upgrade itself without any limit. Which one is better? For sure, the second is better. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us in such a way that by creation we are given certain limit of perfection. But we are given potentials for going higher and higher and higher without any limit. There is infinite capacity. There is unlimited capacity for progress. So creation of such a being is the best creation, although what is actually created is not yet the best. And this is a very beautiful point. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He talks about the creation of man, He says in Surah 23, chapter 23, ayah 14. And then finally, after talking about the creation of the spirit, which says, you know, we have made it to go into a different creation, then finally Allah says, فَتَبَارَكَ May Allah be blessed, who is the best of creators. So why does Allah say, he is the best of creators when he talks about the creation of man. Why he doesn't say this in other places? The answer is that because this is the best creation. He is the best creator because he has made the best creation. And as we have in Surah 10, as I mentioned, So what Allah has created is the best creation. But the creature which has been actually produced still is not the best. It has the best creation, but it has to work. 
it has to upgrade itself otherwise it may remain in the same level or may go lower and lower and lower so this is very important point about man in the Quran to be able to understand better what is the Quranic view about man we have some discussions in the next two chapters of the book in chapter 5 we mention good attributes of man in the Quran the things which are mentioned in the Quran which are positive about human beings and then in the next chapter the discussion about bad attributes and qualities of man so let us first start with virtues or merits or good attributes of human beings which is chapter 5 starting on page 67 we can say that altogether there are several qualities of man which are very outstanding one is that man can be Khalifatullah, the vicegerent of God on the earth and this is very important this by itself needs a session at least to talk about this concept of Khalifatullah briefly we can refer to a conversation between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the angels before the creation of Adam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told angels that I am going to appoint a vicegerent on the earth وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةِ This is the verse 30 of chapter 2 Surah Baqarah Allah told them that I'm going to appoint a vicegerent on the earth someone that can become like a deputy a caliph who can act on behalf of God and this is a very high position to have such a position that God the Almighty delegates some of his authority to you so that you become his agent you become channel for his mercy to the creation it's a very important position and hopefully we'll get chance to talk about this quality more in future so someone who can become the vicegerent of Allah for sure is very important and virtuous the second thing that we find in the Quran about man is that man has the ability or capacity for knowing almost everything maybe there are only very few things which can never be known by us although God can disclose even that knowledge to us but apart from those Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that man is able to know everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the same place in Surah Baqarah 
number 31 Allah taught Adam all the names names here means names for the creatures of Allah so Allah taught Adam all the facts everything was taught to Adam to prove the angels that why Adam is going to become Allah's vicegerent although Allah had the angels who were glorifying him and praising him but Allah still wanted to make a human being his vicegerent to prove that Adam is not and of course not only Adam the good progeny of Adam are not like the angels they are even better than the angels Allah taught Adam all the names all the facts and then asked the angels to inform to report about those facts and they said we don't have such a knowledge but Adam had all the knowledge therefore the angels realized that man is different man has the capacity for understanding and for learning everything so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا ثُمَّ عَرَضَهُمْ عَلَى الْمَلَائِكَةِ فَقَالَ أَنْبِئُونِي بِأَسْمَاءِ هَؤُلَاءِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ Allah taught Adam all the facts and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presented them to the angels and told them tell me the names of those if you are right if you think that there is no need for creation of man and you are always glorifying me while the human beings do mischief and shed blood so inform and report to me about these facts and you know they said subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana may you be glorified we don't have any knowledge except what you have taught us meaning that this was not taught to us we didn't have the capacity for understanding this so man has such ability of course as I said there are certain things that maybe no human being knows like for example what is the exact time of the day of judgment maybe they don't know or about the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way that he understands himself we don't know but everything which is created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is possible to be known by man and there is no limit for our understanding sometimes when we for example read some books or you know we get some I don't know certificate we think that we have known everything but we have to know that if you know all the available knowledge of man Imagine that, for example, you have all the information which is available in different universities, all the things which are printed, 
all the books which are in library. Even if you have all this knowledge, except you must, uh, 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 still you must know that this is a little. Man can know more. And we have in hadith that all the knowledge of human beings up to the time of the 12th Imam is just like two letters of 27. And when Imam comes, the knowledge, the science has so much developed that we will be able to note the rest, the other 25 letters. So, man's knowledge has no limit. And this is very important. The other quality of man is that man is created in the way that there is a connection between him and his Lord. In the sense that we have an innate understanding of God, innate knowledge of God. So, like you know, if you have a memory of someone, and then you see different pictures, you say, this is his picture or this is not his picture. Or you face and meet many people, you say, no, these are not my friend. Why? Because you already have some knowledge of that person, and then you check everything against that knowledge. We have been given such innate knowledge and understanding of God the Almighty, and also innate love and desire for God the Almighty. And it's very important. We can recognize that this is real God or not. Is this what my heart, my soul aspires to or not? And if we are able to activate and to cultivate this understanding of God, then it can become permanent. You can always have such immediate understanding of God. But God forbids, if you don't pay attention to this, it gradually becomes weaker and weaker. And it only becomes active when there is a big change. For example, when you are faced with a big threat, you are automatically reminded of your Lord who can save you. Once a person asked Imam Sadiq about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how we can prove his existence. And Imam salam said, have you ever traveled on sea? He said, yes. Imam said, this uh, did this happen to you that sometimes, you know, you faced uh, risks and you were in a very difficult and critical situation so that you were likely, for example, to drone? He said, yes. Imam said, then, this, this, uh, did this occur to you that there is someone who can save you? He said, yes. Imam says, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Quran says, فَإِذَا رَكِبُوا فِي الْفُلْكِ دَعَبُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ When they get on board on a ship and they are faced with challenges and difficult situations, storms, and they are going to drown, they call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with pure intention. But the problem is that فَلَمَّا نَجَّاهُمْ إِلَى الْبَرْ 
when Allah saves them and they reach the land, then some of them forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the problem. So, when we are faced with difficult situation, for example, when we are seriously ill, we start praying Allah. When we have some ill person in the house, we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if we are healthy and wealthy and everything is going fine, we tend to forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is not fair. We need to remember Him all the time and we need to develop and cultivate that innate knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In any case, one of the good qualities of man is that man has such an innate knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The other quality of man is that in every human being there is something from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, something you can say is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, everything which is created by Allah is connected to Him, but in a special way. You know, for example, we say every mosque is a house of Allah, or we say that Kaaba is the house of Allah, or the month of Ramadan is the month of Allah. So, there are certain things which are especially connected to Allah and especially attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our soul is also in a special sense connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah when was talking about man to the angel, he said, فَإِذَا سَوَّيْتُهُ وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِي فَقَعُوا لَهُ سَاجِدِينَ When I complete the creation of man and blowing to him from my soul, from my spirit, then you must prostrate before him. So, the soul which has been given to us, Allah attributes to himself. He says, وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِي From my own spirit, I blow into him. This doesn't mean that Allah has a spirit and part of that spirit is given to us. No. It means that this spirit which is given to man is mine. Is something that Allah wants to attribute to Himself in a very special way. So, this shows the value of human beings. And we have to appreciate that Allah has honored us by giving us such a spirit. The other thing is that Allah says in the Quran that you are not created in vain. You are not created without purpose. He has created you with a purpose. What is that purpose? For sure, it's not to serve Him, to benefit Him, to gain something out of our creation. He doesn't need anything. Even if we worship Him or we say we serve Him, it's not that we serve Him so that He finds some, for example, pleasure or some satisfaction by what we do. He can, for example, meet some of his needs. No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us with a purpose and that purpose is to achieve our own perfection. If you listen to your teacher, who is benefiting? You are benefiting from this. If you listen to a doctor when he says, you know, take this medicine, you are benefiting. 
If you read a book about, for example, how to use your computer, and then you apply that, and you use your computer, who is benefiting? The one who wrote the book, or you? Of course, Allah's example is far greater than any example that we mentioned about a teacher, or for example, a doctor. But just to have, you know, some idea, these examples can help. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed us to do what can secure our own interests so that we can become better and better and better. We can become more merciful and more merciful. We can become more knowledgeable and more knowledgeable. We can become more capable and more capable. So there is a purpose for us in our creation. And the other thing that I want to mention, which is the last thing for today, because we want to have our also question and answer, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given human beings freedom. Free will is very important. For us, our destiny is dependent on our own decision. You can decide for yourself to be a good person or bad person. To be a believer or not believer. To be thankful or not. We have shown the man the path. He is either thankful or he is unthankful. So it is up to us. And inshallah we will have a detailed discussion about free will in future. So what is important is that man has been given this freedom to decide for himself. Your situation may be sometimes easy, sometimes difficult. So it's not that we always exercise our free will in the same condition. But what is important that is that in the end you have to decide for yourself. If all the people want you to be good and you don't want, they cannot do anything. Or if all the people want you to be bad and you don't want, they cannot do anything. You decide for yourself. Other people, the setting, environment can help, can facilitate, or can make it more difficult. But in the end, you have full control. You have the free will to choose and decide for, self, for yourself. Inshallah, in the next session, we will continue our discussion about the other merits of human beings and then about some negative points about human beings and then we will mention the overall conclusion about the status of man in the Quran. So now we want to inshallah listen to your questions and inshallah answer your questions. Thank you very much. Okay, we already have the first question. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us in the best of creation. And if we have the possibility to be the best or the worst of this crea His creation. So, part A. What role does the environment play in His development? Okay, as I said, the environment can make the choice and decision easier or more difficult. 
but it cannot be decisive. It's you that have to has to decide. And inshallah we will talk more about this because when we talk about free will, we will talk about the role of the uh, parents, the role of people and the environment. How much can he control his environment? Man has ability to control his environment to a limited extent. There are many things that are not in our hands. We don't believe that we have full control of everything. But what is important is that in the environment, in the setting that you are located, you can always decide to do something which is beneficial for you. Even if you are in the most difficult situation, you can do something useful. Or, if you are put in the most useful situation, still you can do something harmful. So, this much is possible for us. But, not everything. And the other question is, how will Allah judge someone who was in a difficult environment? Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also looks exactly at our situation. Allah never expects people to be the same. Allah never compares a person who is put in a difficult situation with someone who is in a very easy situation. What is important is that in the situation that you are put, you do the best. لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا ما آتاها Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will only ask you about what you have been given. So, for example, if I have been given a very good teacher, and I don't benefit from that teacher. I need learn very little. And there is a person who has not been given a teacher, and he has also learned a little, like me. Are we the same? No. That one has learned a little without having a teacher. It was his own effort. This one had a good teacher and didn't benefit and has learned just a little. Although they may know the same amount, but in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are not the same. One of them is going to be praised and one of them is going to be blamed. So people would be judged according to what they have been given and what situation was available for them. The second question, there is, Assalamu uh, alaikum, alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Firstly, I would like to thank you and those at OIL for enabling us to share such a good experience. Thank you very much. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of you. And then the question says, last week you mentioned that if we have to, to go to bad places or meet with bad people, which will affect, affect our spirituality, then we can do things to compensate. Could you please 
mention some of the things that we, uh, we could do. Are some people more sensitive to their environment and to other people and therefore need to be more careful and compensate more? Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Yes. Of course, it's possible to compensate some of the things. But first of all, we should try to avoid unnecessary contact with bad people. So if I can, you know, just get rid of going to bad places or meeting bad people, I should avoid that. Or if, God forbid, you know, if there is such a, for example, sinful gathering or sinful meeting, I should avoid that. But what I said was that sometimes it is not haram. Sometimes I am doing my own thing. For example, I am studying in the university. I am in my, you know, office. I am in the, for example, bus or underground. And we meet many, many people. And some of them may not be good people, and we will get affected. Whether we realize or not, the bad souls can affect us. Like, you know, when there are people who are very ill, and they have, you know, for example, uh, some viruses, even if you don't realize, you may catch those viruses from them. So, first of all, you should reduce your contact and keep it to the minimum and necessary. Secondly, you have to take more vitamins to strengthen yourself. So, the most dangerous thing is forgetfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Ali alayhi salam says in dua al-kumad, Ya man ismuhu dawa wa zikruhu shifa. Oh, the one whose name is medicine and whose remembrance is healing. So this shows that forgetfulness is illness, so remembrance is the healing. So when there are bad situations, it means that they reduce the amount of our awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you need to do more zikr, you need to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more. So for people who have such situation, they need to recite Quran more, they need to say prayer more, they need to do zikr more, so that they can take more vitamins and more healthy diet to protect them against these different viruses that can come. Give more sadaqah. Help people more, help your parents more, help your wife or husband or children or neighbors or friends or colleagues more. Everything that you do for the sake of Allah is an act of remembrance that gives you more protection and more immunity. And if you are more clever, maybe you can even end up with being in a better situation because you have done something even extra that not only would keep you, but also would Inshallah, it strengthens you even more. The third question is, if you live in an oppressive condition, do you try to change it or do you simply work to change yourself? Very good question. And the answer is that, first of all, we should be very, very strong. So that if there is 
someone or there are some people who oppress us, we don't lose our patience. We don't lose our control. We don't give in. It's very important. So you have to be very persistent and very strong. We have in Hadith, المؤمن كالجبل الراسخ لا تحركه العباسخ المؤمن must be like a very high mount even very strong winds and storms cannot move the mount so you have to be that strong and patient and persistent and second if there is someone or some people who are doing injustice to you or oppress you so you have to evaluate if there is something that they do without their intention it's not deliberate this is because they don't understand so you forgive them you try to be kind to them so that over time they can change you can gradually and indirectly educate them and change them but in a spirit of forgiving in a spirit of praying for them and if there are people who do something systematically and deliberately to oppress you so you have to resist and you have to stop them but all these things must be done in the spirit of patience and Assistance. Don't let anything disappoint you or take away your courage for continuing your life. Mu'min has such a power from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if he is surrounded or she is surrounded with thousands of difficulties, Still, he or she can come out of all these difficulties with success. Look at the people who have suffered. Look at even the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who suffered despite being prophets, they suffered more than anyone else. As we have in Hadith, Ashaddu nas bala'an al anbiya. The people who suffered more than anyone else were the prophets they were treated unjustly they were oppressed sometimes they suffered from illness from loss in their children family the prophet muhammad says no prophet was annoyed like me but this didn't make them feel despaired so try to remain strong and persistent and know that you have the ability to go through all difficulties, undergo all difficulties and remain still successful and happy and tranquil. Those who do something bad to you, look at them as someone who is not aware, someone who is ill, someone who acts like a child and try as a mother as a father, as a teacher, to change them over time. And if they do something systematically, try to stop this in a wise way. So, situations are different, but what is important is that we try to get 
so much connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that nothing would be able to shaken us. Nothing would be able to stop us from going forward. The other question is, today you explained that our destiny is determined by our own decisions. I heard that doing dua had, sorry, doing dua had the ability to change our destiny. Can you please expand on this? Yes. Again, when you do dua, it's your own decision. So, you are not forced to recite dua. When you pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it means that you have decided to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask Allah who is the ultimate source for help and assistance to come and rescue you. So, this is a very wise decision to pray and to get this uh, support from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there are certain supports that you cannot receive unless you pray. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If it was not because of your prayer, you would not be cared for. So it means that Allah has certain and special care that He only gives to the people who want it. The people who apply for it. You know, I as a teacher may teach the normal, you know, for example, you know, syllabus to all the students. But I may have something more that I only give to the people who appreciate, the people who come and ask for more. Because if I give them, you know, automatically without they asking me, they don't appreciate. And this makes them more responsible. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to us if we appreciate and we ask for. So praying is very important and thank you for your good question. The fifth question is if faced with an environment which makes it extremely difficult to practice Islam, does it not become obligatory on you to migrate? If it makes it very difficult for you to practice Islam, still it's not obligatory to migrate. What is obligatory, make it obligatory, is when you cannot practice Islam. So, if the situation is so much bad and so much uh, against you that you cannot practice Islam, so you have to move to a land in which you can practice Islam. The Quran says that الَّذِينَ تَتَبَفَّاهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَيَتَبَفَّاهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ ظَالِمِ أَنفُسِهِمْ قَالُوا فِيمَا كُنْتُمْ قَالُوا كُنَّا مُسْتَبْعَفِينَ فِي الْعَرْضِ قَالُوا أَلَمْ تَكُنْ أَرْضُ اللَّهِ وَاسَعَةٌ تُحَاجِرُوا فِيهَا There are people who have been unjust to themselves. When the angels receive their souls, ask them, where did you live? They said we were people who were weakened, we were مُسْتَبْعَفِ no one you know, paid attention to us, no one cared for us, we were deprived. Then they would be told, Alam takun Was not the land of Allah, the earth, big enough for you to travel and then find a good place for you so that you can practice your religion? So, if I don't practice Islam, this is not a good excuse to say, 
my situation, my land, you know, my, you know, for example, I don't know, city or my town, my community, my society was not good. It's not a good answer. If it was not good, first you have to make it good. You have to improve it. If you couldn't improve it, at least you could have practice yourself. If you couldn't make it good and you couldn't practice, then you could have traveled to somewhere else. <coughs> so, for a person who has lived an immoral life, a sinful life, it is not a good excuse to say that people around me or the community or the society or the country was not good country. You have to make it good or at least to keep and protect your own piety. And if by no chance you could keep your piety, then you have to move. The second question, uh, sorry, the uh, sixth question, we have limited time in our busy life. Do you work on yourself or on the society to improve their economic condition? Yes. A believer, a mu'min, is always a source of blessing. A believer, wherever he is, he is good for others. He brings barakah and blessing to others. And there are different ways of doing this. You are spiritually good for them. You are emotionally good for them. But also you can be financially good for them. A believer who lives, for example, in a town or village would try to make life easier and more comfortable for other people. A believer is the one who tries to generate wealth, generate more economical opportunities for people, create jobs for people. Amir al-Mu'minin alayhi salam in those 25 years after the demise of the Prophet, before he became the Caliph, he did lots of economical works, digging the wells, planting the trees and making gardens. But what is important, he didn't do this to add to his money. He didn't do this to become a rich person. He was generating money, but spending those money on good causes. You can spend the money on your family into a reasonable level. You can spend it on charitable, you know, causes. You can give it to other people. You can put it into projects. But what is important is that you have to be active. You have to be productive. You have to care for people. Always try to generate good in education, in hospitality, in health in economy. A mu'min is always useful and a source of blessing. What is important is not to sit idle, not to sit, you know, uh, indifferent, not to be lazy. Do something, make something out of your time, but always for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is very important. Okay, it seems that we have no more questions, so I thank you very much for your attention and for your very good questions. 
and I hope that inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with you I pray wholeheartedly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make your life inshallah a blessed life and make your efforts in this life all counted as steps towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I hope that your family, your children, your dear ones, your friends, neighbors, everyone will be kept safe and uh, immune from anything which is bad and this life. May Allah make you among his best servants and among the best followers of the Prophet and Ahlul Bayt May Allah heal all ill brothers and sisters and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the last moment of our life the best moment of our life. Thank you again. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen.